0: This morning I want to talk about the, Christian, uh, the Christian's response to anxiety and look at the Scriptures specifically on this issue of anxiety. And so open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. That's where we'll be in the Word. Um, but anxiety is an experience that we all face in some way or another, uh, and especially so now. Everything around us, it seems, feeds or increases our anxiety every news update every social media post every conversation that we have with someone every text message that we read seems to seems to add to a sense of anxiety that we have at, at its root um, anxiety is really an issue of control right it, or lack of control we become anxious over those things that we really have have no control over oftentimes and fear and anxiety and worry these these realities often walk hand in hand and they just kind of step themselves into our lives and and sometimes we find find ourselves in situations like we are today where anxiety becomes compounded one issue one report one update one briefing one press conference and anxiety just begins to arise, to rise within us. And, and so, so then we start these what if questions, right? I've done it as, as we think about the church. What if we're not able to meet? And one what if leads to the next question. Well, how are we going to spend time in the word together? How are we going to, how are we going to love one another? How are we going to, and if you think about how we chain these one what if questions together, they oftentimes leave us with <laughs> terrible results. Most often, the what-if questions never end well for us. And so we want to look at the Scriptures and think about the Christian's response to anxiety. The Bible's very clear about things related to fear and to worry and to anxiety. It's true, it's, these, these issues are addressed over and over in Scripture. And so there's much for us to learn, specifically in our text for today, Matthew chapter 6. We'll pick up the... The, the, the passage here in verse 25 this is part of what Jesus taught it's known as the Sermon on the Mount Jesus is just issuing this great teaching to a large crowd of people and so as we're reading this text and then stop to unpack the text I want us to think about what does Jesus say about anxiety how does Jesus say the Christian the follower of Christ should respond to anxiety and so let's look at John uh, Matthew sorry Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 therefore I tell you and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The Christian's response to anxiety, we see in our text here that Jesus addresses anxiety clearly, and he addresses anxiety directly. Three times in the passage, Jesus makes this statement, do not be anxious. You see it in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. You see it in verse thirty-one. Therefore, do not be anxious. In verse thirty-four. Therefore, do not be anxious. And this—the biblical reality of anxiety. The word "anxious" literally means to divide or to distract. It's—it's it's fear that, that is in essence fueled by by a, a sense of uncertainty. Uh, certainly, the unknown. And what we see here is Jesus addressing, and Jesus addressing anxiety is that he knows the reality of life for man is that we are prone to anxiety. So he doesn't dismiss anxiety. He doesn't belittle anxiety. He simply addresses anxiety. So there are three truths for us as we think about how we are to respond to anxiety. And maybe, maybe you're anxious today. Maybe you would say, no, anxiety is amped up within me. Then let the words of Scripture, the words of the Lord Jesus from the pages of Scripture, help you to think and to feel right about how you're to respond to anxiety. So three truths. Truth number one, we don't need to be anxious because God cares for us. We don't need to be anxious because God cares for us. So Jesus begins and tells them, don't worry about your life. Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus addresses real world issues for the first century here. here. He talks about food and water and clothing. There was no such thing as hoarding. There was no such thing as stockpiling in their day. They lived literally day to day. They would work, they would eat. They would work, they would eat. And helps us understand when Jesus includes this phrase in in his prayer, where he's teaching the disciples how to pray. Pray, give us this day our what our daily bread. And so Jesus is addressing a, a, a very prevalent concern for the hearer, which reminds us that oftentimes anxiety is is rooted in a, a real world problem. It's it's not just imaginary. Oftentimes it is rooted in a real real world problem. But Jesus. It's teaching them that we don't need to be anxious. It's teaching us that we don't need to be anxious because God cares for us. He uses two examples. Example of the birds and the example of the lilies. Birds addressing the concern for food and water. Lilies addressing the concern for clothing. And so notice, <clears throat> notice what he says. God takes care of the birds, verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. God takes care of the birds. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't, they don't, they don't work for what they get. They just get. Who takes care of them? God does. And then he asked this question in verse 26. Are you not of more value than they? A rhetorical question. Obviously, the, the anticipated answer here is, well, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're worth more than the birds. You are an image bearer. You bear the image of God in you so the question that jesus asks, are you not of more value than they is anticipated response of of yes god takes care of the birds you're worth more than the birds god will take care of you then the second example he uses is that of the lilies god clothes the lilies, so he takes care of the birds food and water he clothes the lilies and so look at verse 28 why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field and how they grow they neither toil nor spin and I tell you, Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown to the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, you're worth more than the lilies. You're worth more than the birds. You're worth more than the lilies. God clothes the lilies, cares for the lilies. The main difference here is that you're not, you're not, you're not cut down, bundled together and thrown into the oven. You're not here one day, gone the next. The lily is temporal. It's not here forever. We, however, are eternal. And so a great contrast here. The bird is created by God, but not created in the image of God. We are created by God and created in the image of God. And so we are worth more than the bird. The the lily is clothed by God and has splendor and beauty, but it's cut down. It's here one day. It's gone the next. It's temporal. It's not going to last forever. You, however, will last forever. You're created an eternal being. And so if God cares so much for something of so little value, like a lily, certainly He cares for us. It's an important truth for us to remember is that our lives are worth more than we often think. We don't want to think too highly of ourselves, but there's, there's value within us because God created us. Our lives have value. And that's the point here. He cares for the birds. He cares for the lilies. You're worth more than than both of those. So he's going to care for you. So what are you anxious about? What is it that's causing you anxiety? Oh, let me guess. Let's pick what aspect of this pandemic is causing you anxiety. It's important for us to remember that in the midst of our anxiety, God cares for us. To the bird, God is creator. The bird knows God as creator. But to you, notice how Jesus refers to to the Father, to, to, to God in verse 26. Your heavenly Father feeds them. And then in verse 32, he uses the same phrase again. The Gentiles seek after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows you need them. So the bird is simply in relation to God as creator. If you know Christ, you're in relation to God as Father. He's your heavenly Father. And the lily doesn't last forever, but, but you do. God will not forget you. God cannot forget you. For God to forget one of us would go against His character, and he, he will not go against His character. He will not forget us. He cares for us. And in the middle of these two examples, the example of the bird and the example of the lilies, is this question in verse 27. Did you catch it? Jesus asked them, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life <laughs> what a What a question! Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? His point is, where does anxiety get us? Does our anxiety ever fix our situation? No no, it never does. We can't add to anything by being anxious about our lives. And so we are worth more than we think, but also verse 30, God cares for us more than we think. Example of the lilies of God, so close the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown to the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? This is not when he says here, O you of little faith, it's not, not necessarily a stern rebuke that's coming against his followers, but, but more of an, an exhortation and admonition to those followers to trust in the Father. We can hear these as gentle, tender words from the good shepherd to his sheep. Will he not much more take care of you, O you of little faith? So when you begin to feel anxious, practically, maybe an exercise for you would be to take a walk outside. Keep your proper social distance. And just look and see a bird and think, God takes care of that bird. And I'm worth more than that bird because I'm made in God's image. Take a look at a flower and consider the beauty and the splendor of that flower and let that flower be a reminder to you that God cares for you. He made you in his image. You have worth. He cares for you. So we don't need to be anxious because God cares for us. Secondly, we don't need to be anxious because God knows us. We don't need to be anxious because God knows us. And so in verse 31, Jesus Jesus asks these these questions. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Think about this. Christian, think about this. Brother sister, think about this. God knows you. God knows you. And since God knows you and knows what you need, there's no reason for you to be anxious. Hear these tender words again from the Lord Jesus. Your heavenly Father knows you need them all. God knows you. Matthew chapter 10 verse 30. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. God knows you. God knows you better than you know you. And he puts this in a contrast in verse thirty-two, a contrast between the world and the follower of Christ. The Gentiles seek after all these things, all the all the things that that the Lord is going to take care of. But your heavenly Father knows you need them, all. And so, what Jesus is teaching here is that when we're not trusting the Lord and when we're operating in anxiety, we're actually acting more like the world than we are acting like Christ. And so what does the world worry about? Think about this. Maybe a deeper question. Why does the world worry? In essence, the world has no security, no true security, no, no, no foundation upon which they can build their lives. Everything the world places security in is fleeting and has potential to pass away in a moment. Think about it. A job. How many people have lost jobs in the last two weeks? Money. How many people have lost a lifetime's worth of savings retirement health freedom country family all these things just keep going these are all things that, that the world places their their trust in and, and so when we're anxious we're, be, we're beginning to operate just like the world operates and so our anxiety causes us to do two things it causes us to lose sight of God because we're focusing more on the source of our anxiety than we are on the Lord But anxiety also causes us to lose trust in God. We we should trust in the Lord, knowing that he cares for us and that he knows us. He knows what we need. We know the source of our security in contrast to the world. The source of our security is the sovereign king of the universe himself. Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven. And earth, and so what are we to do? Verse 33, we are to seek God because we trust God. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Literally keep on seeking. Don't be anxious, but keep on seeking. Seeking here means we focus on God and we trust God and we follow God. We set our minds toward following Christ. And we trust that life is going to fill in the blanks and God is reigning sovereignly over those blanks. God knows us and knows our needs. What is man's greatest need? Think about this. What is man's greatest need? Is it health? Is it finances? Is it money? Is it food? Is it water? Is it clothing? Is it security? Is it self-worth? Is it successful relationships or accomplishments? Now, what, what, what is our greatest need as man? Our greatest need is to be made right with God. Because in our natural state, we have sinned against God. And our sin causes a separation between us and God. And we, our greatest need is to have that relationship restored with God. So what did he do? He sent his son into the world to die on a cross as an atonement for our sin and thereby meeting our greatest need. And so we repent of our sin. We confess that sin to the Lord, ask Him to forgive us of that sin and believe on Christ. And our greatest need is met and our foundation becomes secure. We don't have to have to operate like the rest of the world. And so if we can, if, if, if you're redeemed, if you have repented and believed on the Lord Jesus, well, then you would say that you trust Him with your eternity, right? Well, think about this. If you trust Him with your eternity, Surely you can trust Him with today. He supplies what we need to save our souls. He supplies the atoning work of Christ to save our souls through the work of the cross. And So He will supply all that we need to do His will for our lives. So what are we to do? We are to do, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God is not to be a fallback. He is not a bailout. He's not a safety net. We are to seek Him first. This is a word of priority. He is our rock. He's our fortress. He's our refuge, and so we seek Him. And God is God is involved in filling out the details of our lives. That's the, the phrase or, or the word that Jesus uses three times here. He refers in verse thirty-two, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. Well, in context, all these things are food and drink and clothing, and we can apply this to anything that we would become anxious about. The Gentiles seek after all these things. The Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God is aware. Seek first the kingdom uh, of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He knows us. Are you trusting God with all of these things in your life, especially in light of our current situation situation in the world? So the first truth, as we think about the Christian response toward anxiety, is we we don't have to be anxious because God cares for us. Secondly, we 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 don't. to be anxious because God knows us and then number three we don't have to be anxious because God holds tomorrow we don't have to be anxious because God holds tomorrow verse 34 therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble question what's in tomorrow we don't know tomorrow's unpredictable So what the point that Jesus is making here is that we we should not bring tomorrow's trouble into the context of today. Think about how anxiety works. Our anxiety impacts today. But typically our anxiety is focused on what is to come, right? It's focused on tomorrow. And so we can't walk in freedom and joy today oftentimes because we're actually worried about tomorrow. And so what are we to do? We are to, verse 33, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first today. And then we trust Him with tomorrow. And think about to our previous point. If if you belong to Christ, if you are saved, if you're a Christian, you trust Him with your eternity. Surely, surely you can trust Him with tomorrow. You trust Him to save your soul. Surely you can trust Him with tomorrow. So, So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God provides grace for today. Don't waste today's grace on tomorrow's potential problems. Lamentation chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so some statements we can make here in light of our text. Since I know that God holds tomorrow, I can trust him with today. You see, God isn't figuring out this situation on the fly. He knows all and he sees all, including the details of your life and my life. Since I know God holds tomorrow, I can trust Him with today. Also, we can hold to the statement that we don't have to be anxious because God cares for us. You want proof? Look at the bird. Look at the lily. Look at the cross. God cares for us. We also don't have to be anxious because God loves us. He knows us. He loves us. He is our Heavenly Father. He knows best how to take care of us and to provide for us and to guide us in life. And so we don't have to be anxious because God holds tomorrow. He gives us grace and he gives us mercy that's sufficient for today. And so let's be careful to not waste today's supply of grace and mercy on tomorrow's potential. Remember, he cares for you. He loves you. He has tomorrow already. And so run to him and seek his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then look to the world around you and trust that all these things will be added to you. So what do we do? What do we do in, in light of a global pandemic and coronavirus and all these different situations that are swirling around us and potential job loss and income drops and just one thing on top of another? Well, we trust him. And we trust him by doing what First Peter 5-7 says, casting all our anxieties on him. Why? because he cares for you. That's what Peter wrote, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. How do we seek first the kingdom of God when we are anxious? How do we seek first his righteousness when we are anxious? We cast that anxiety. We go to the Lord and say, Lord, I am anxious about this. And we, in all honesty and transparency and vulnerability, we confess that anxiety to him. And here's a tip. He already knows. He already knows what what we are anxious about. And so we cast our anxieties on him for he cares for us. And we, we hear the, the gentle words of the Lord Jesus from somewhere like Matthew 11:28, when he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We know the interchange of the good shepherd and his sheep and how the sheep hear the voice of the good shepherd and he cares for them and he protects them. And so we trust him. There is, a, there is a Christian way for us to respond to anxiety. Practically, some things we can do each day in response to anxiety is we can start our day with the Word. First thing in our day, turn our minds and our hearts toward the Word of God. Let God's Word be the first message. That impacts our thinking before we pick up our phone, before we open our computer, before we turn on the TV, before we open the newspaper. We look to God's word and let God's word be the truth that saturates our souls and then shields us from becoming anxious. Also, we pray and we're to be honest with the Lord. Again, he he, he knows what we are dealing with, what we're going through already. There's no need to to hide or to hedge from him. Be honest, pray and go to him with your sources of anxiety, your situations of anxiety, and ask Him for help. And then also, and it's maybe the most challenging in our day, we're to reach out to others. We're to reach out to other brothers and sisters and and bring people into our situations of anxiety. Anxiety really thrives in isolation. And what are we right now? <laughs> we are isolated by necessity. But we don't have to be. We can't be in physical presence with one another, but we can be with one another. So don't let isolation cause your anxiety to overtake you. We can trust the Lord. Why? Because He cares for us. We can trust Him. Why? Because He knows us and He loves us. We can trust Him. Why? Because He holds tomorrow. So seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and trust that all these things will be added to you. Let's pray. Father. Lord, I thank you for your word, such a clear reminder of foundational truth, especially in situations like we find ourselves in now. Lord, we are an anxious people. We worry, and it seems that worry is just incredibly easy for us. And Lord, we we read passages like Matthew 6, 25 through 34, and Sometimes, honestly, we just think, well, it sounds really good until we try to play it out in real life, in real time, and it never seems to work. Lord, we need your help. We need your help to remind us of this word, to show us how we are to seek your kingdom and your righteousness first, and to truly not be anxious. Thank you that that the birds and, and the lilies are reminders for us that you care for us and that you know us. And Lord, thank you that that you have tomorrow already planned, already set, already established. You have it established for your glory. And we get to walk into it in faith knowing that you hold tomorrow in your hand. And so may we as your people, and may we, especially as Redeemer Church, not waste what you've provided us today on what's not here yet and tomorrow. Lord, show us how to walk faithfully and to honor you and to love you and to truly seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, trusting that everything that you plan to come our way will be added to us for your glory and for our good. We pray it in the good name of King Jesus. Amen.